Welcome to the No More Late Peace podcast. I'm Jackie. And I'm Danielle. And we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees rewatching some of our favorite movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. And this week, just in time for graduation, we are doing Can't Hardly Wait. I can't hardly wait to do this movie (laughs) because I love it so much. It is about a high school graduation. This girl throws an epic party and everyone's invited. Her parents are out of town and it's just what happens with different groups of people over the course of the night that this party takes place, which also happens to be Barry Manila's 55th birthday. It was released in 1998. And it stars Ethan Embry, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Seth Green, Peter Facinelli, I mean, there's so many people in this movie. Yeah, it's when you watch it, there are so many up and coming actors at that time that are in this movie. There were so many that I lost track and I tried (laughs) to jot down as I saw them like, oh, that's so-and-so. Oh, that's so-and-so. And And there's so much to look at in this movie. But before we get into all of that, let's do our ratings rewind. So you if you've been here before, you know how this goes. Before we get into any movie, we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves would give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial ratings. Our scale will consist of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would play on repeat. Five-day rental. Would watch again. Two-day rental. Eh, it was just okay. And same-day rental. Trash. (laughs) Straight up trash. So what was your rating, Jackie? Would buy it. Did buy it. <laughs> Love it. Watch it any chance, chance I get. That was Y2K Jackie. <laughs> uh, this one's definitely a nostalgic one for us. So there's, a, you know, out of all the movies we've done so far, I think this is our first Jackie and Danielle movie. Yep. No, no, sorry. Second. This is our second because we was our very first movie that we saw in the theater together. Um, but this, this is... movie we watched for the very first time. Do you know when? It what was it prom? I don't think it was. It, it wasn't was prom. homecoming. Mm-hmm. Homecoming okay. senior year. Um, my dad worked for Marriott, so he would always get us a, a hotel room. And we were smart enough to know not to tell anyone where we were staying. (laughs) So we would go to parties at other people's hotel rooms and then they get busted up by management. And uh, sometimes the police would show up and Danielle and I would just happily saunter back to our suite on the beach and cozy up together and watch movies like Can't Hardly Wait. (laughs) I thought that that only happened at prom. I, I don't, think we went to any parties for homecoming we probably didn't because we were not party (laughs) people (laughs) we sat in a cozy hotel room and watched a party happening (laughs) yeah so we didn't see this in the theater no oh okay we I don't know what we were doing we're missing out so I for some reason think homecoming we saw drive me crazy but maybe it was after prom we saw drive me crazy like drive me crazy we went to the movie theater to see okay now that we clarified all that (laughs) (laughs) for me my reading would obviously would buy it would buy it again I have it um it was a Jackie and Daniel movie for sure so had a lot of nostalgia had the soundtrack it was so so quotable uh I say quotes from this movie to this day it was a comfort movie a hundred percent yeah, and and like Danielle said, the soundtrack is just amazing. It, it, it's up there with the Empire Records soundtrack, Blink One Eighty Two, Third Eye Blind, Eve Six. Like it's all, it's all good. Smash Mouth. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna go there. It's in there. It is what it is. We liked what we liked at the time. No shame. It's true. J Love was in that Smash Mouth video. I can't get enough of you, baby video. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, so many memories. <laughs> so many memories. So let's get started. So the movie starts off. 
at graduation. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it's really interestingly shot where you just see like torsos and legs. Uh, you don't see anyone's faces for the, a good few minutes and a half, yeah. two minutes into it. They're playing the open road song by Eve Six, which is one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because it's kind of, you just get snippets of conversation as these kids are waiting to graduate down on the field and so you hear like what people are talking about how where they're going to college that there's a big party tonight that Mike and Amanda broke up uh that someone's not wearing any underwear and they're naked under their gown like you just hear these snippets of conversations which I really love and then it starts introducing kind of the main cast of characters of which they're about six or seven that um, yeah, the, the whole night kind of revolves around. And, you know, one of the things I love about this movie, it almost was like the first time you got those interwoven storylines with different groups of people that kind of come together. You know, mm-hmm. what we started to see more of in the later 2000s with like Valentine's Day and um, the... Go was another one where you go was yeah go was definitely one of those other ones um he's not that into you Mm -hmm. um love actually I I feel like this is one of the very first ones that we see start to do this Mm -hmm. um funny enough the writer there's two co-writers and directors on this film um so they co-wrote and directed together And they pretty much decided to go with the theme of a party, a graduation party out of just bare necessity. (laughs) Um, They figured it would be because it was their directorial debut, I believe. So I think they just thought it would be easier to kind of control the setting and the background if they Mm -hmm. just focused on one space, one place with all these people. So I thought that was interesting. I I was like, oh, (laughs) there was really no rhyme or reason. They started the script at it's going to be a party yeah I mean and it was originally going to be called the party but then they changed it I can't hardly wait which is the name of a song so mm-hmm. so we start getting introduced um via almost like a yearbook page of each main character we're into introduced to Kenny who is kind of like a gangsta He's be. a wigger. He's a wigger. <laughs> in the 90s, that's what we used to call white kids who thought that they were putting on the aesthetic of being black with rap and our clothes and style and everything full on to the T wigger. <laughs> Continue. And, and then he has two like <laughs> two friends that are also portraying that persona. We meet Preston, who is played by Ethan Embry. He's kind of just like a another lovely Ethan Embry vehicle he just kind of plays that average Joe going to a good school is studious and smart and is in love with the the head football players girl Preston's best friend is Denise played by Lauren Ambrose of six feet under fame and she's kind of like a person you would find going to slam poetry meetings and <laughs> uh is going to attend NYU and is very above all of yeah. the graduation high school hoopla she's yeah. ready to be done she's smarter than everybody she hates this whole experience she knows that her fame is going to be college that's where she's going to find her people because they ain't yes. here yes and then we are introduced to Mike Dexter who is the head football player all around grade a asshole Mm. and his four or his three friends that kind of fawn over his every word. And then which in his, even in his, in his group of friends too, there's um, like, it was, I found this group of friends to be so eclectic, but Mm -hmm. Sean, is it Sean Patrick Thomas Thomas? Yeah. And then one of his other friends, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was also in Six Feet Under. Freddie Rodriguez. Yes. And um, 
Ugly Betty. A lot of the people on the show, I can say some, you know, a few of them went into movies, but a lot of them went into TV shows and were huge around that time. The amount of people that you can connect from this movie that were on Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the first few seasons was Mm -hmm. astounding. I know this because I just restarted watching Buffy and I was just like, oh my God, like the girl who plays Tara on Buffy is in here. Seth Green Mm -hmm. is in here. Um, the, the, The stoner kid who played Jesse for like two episodes and got killed. Um, he was in it. So there's quite a lot. So am I missing any major people? Um, just Amanda Beckett, who is the school sweetheart on her first day of school. Preston was going to volunteer to, to show her around the school. He thought he had a connection with her because they were both enjoying strawberry pop tarts at the same time and so to him that was a sign and Mike Dexter kind of beat him to the punch she became Mike Dexter's girlfriend for the next four years and they are recently broken up uh, because Mike believes that he needs to be single going into college because college women are far superior to high school (laughs) I love when one of his friends is he's like do you know who's in do you know who's in college? And he's like, yeah, girls that used to be in high school. I was yeah. like, exactly. You yeah. idiot. And any girl that's an upper collegiate level are not going to fuck around with freshman guys coming in. Yeah. They're not even looking at you. So, yeah. Oh, and then the last um, major character is William Lichter. Lichter? Yes. Yeah. Who is valedictorian like just nerdy he he and his (laughs) x-files buddies they are set to seek revenge on mike dexter who has like ruined william's life since middle school yeah the harassment even i think elementary school oh yeah yeah pure harassment pure bullying typical um teenage movie and this movie has amazing transitions Whereas like, it'll be focusing on one group of characters and somehow use something someone is saying or an action within the scene to transition to the next scene. And so that starts at the very beginning where uh, it's Mike and all of his friends sitting around talking about going to college and how Mike's telling them they need to all dump their girlfriends too. And so his friends are saying Mike Dexter is a God, Mike Dexter is a role model. And then it transitions to William saying Mike, Mike Dexter, Dexter is an asshole, <laughs> which I absolutely love that, that scene transition. So then it goes into William setting up his perfect plan to, to knock Mike down a few pegs on graduation night. I... <laughs> I love all the characters. I love the who was cast as as what. Like it was mm-hmm. perfect. I thought it was really cool that this was Ethan Embry playing the leading role. For me, unfortunately, I love Ethan Embry, but I hated his character. Preston to me was a whiny, delusional person. You know, like, and I don't know if it's a lot of these movies at that time period where these guys get crushes on these girls and just like automatically think they're supposed to be together, but like really don't know anything about the girls they're obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Um, in the movie, you don't really, they don't interact with each other. You don't really see much of their chemistry. She doesn't even know who he is. Right. Um, so it makes me a little upset that he, it, I And I don't know if I felt like this when we originally watched the movie, but now Mm -hmm. I'm just like, this little bitch, baby. He's whining the whole time. I didn't really (laughs) on the rewatch. I just, maybe because in my head, it's just, I love Preston. And so I love Preston forever. I love Ethan. I love Ethan forever. But now I can separate the two. And (laughs) I think the other thing was, as I watched the movie now, I thought originally when I saw this movie, I really thought that they were going to have him realize that he's actually in love with his best friend with Denise, Mm -hmm. but that didn't happen. So 
yeah the like the opposite of that yeah I know I know <laughs> but now to me I'm just like still makes sense still like you still could probably be with Denise because <laughs> I really, weren't I didn't yeah. know what Amanda was bringing to the table like besides big poofy hair to I think the people on the crew of the hairdresser was like okay we have to like frame her so she doesn't look like a stick with just big boobs let's make the hair bigger gotta make the hair huge it's so big the hair was underwhelming the outfit was underwhelming yes her whole persona underwhelming like the you could have not picked a more bland representation of like the girl everyone is in love with serena pretty much started yelling as soon as that scene where she kind of walks in with the wind or whatever that introduces her she's like mediocre absolutely (laughs) mediocre yep yeah yeah going back to William he's explaining his master plan to his friends via um Grand Moff Tarkin and uh Boba Fett and then they argue over who gets to be who and so then they're (laughs) both kiss dolls and then it transitions to meeting Kenny and his friends in the convenience store. Oh, I've got to get, I've got to get late tonight or I've got to have sex tonight. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> what his line was, but it was absolutely frightening. And was it a Buster Rhyme song? That plays? Yeah. It, uh, I wait. No, oh. <laughs> it's the Knight Rider song. That's yes, what I remember. Everybody fired up. Fired it. Right? Do not drudge us not <laughs> doing a damn word. <laughs> but that is a hot song. Um, and then he says, Do you know 20 different ways to make me call you uh, <laughs> make you call me Big Papa? Because I don't, yo. <laughs> the lines Kenny has are just so magnificent. They're so disgusting. I I'm just like appalled. <laughs> appalled. <laughs> but you know what? Another um Green did his thing with that. Oh, it was amazing. And originally they had written that role for Brecken Meyer, which it would have been a completely different interpretation I, of that role. I don't know. I kind of they're you know, they're both really good friends. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like he could I, I could have I think he would have done a good job at it too. So I don't know. It was just so perfect. Like I, know. I, ha- I have a hard time imagining anyone else doing that role. He has his backpack full of all the things he needs to woo a woman, including a, f- <laughs> a fragrance of love scented candle. Oh my God. I think there was like feathers in there. It was all massage oils. There was a ton of condoms. Yeah. Like, does he know how this works? Oh Yeah. <laughs> Because that scene, well, we'll get to, yeah, he doesn't know how this works. No. <laughs> so after the convenience store scene where we meet Kenny and his friends and are talking about like, Kenny's going to get laid tonight. He has his short list of 10 honeys that he's going to be targeting. Sexual predator alert. Yeah. Serena says, do you guys, is this what they do? Like, do they think like this? I said, I mean, I don't know if they're like at Kenny's level, but there are Kenny's out in this world. Mm -hmm. 100%. This is also our first glimpse of the Klepto Kid. (laughs) Real name, I don't know. I apologize. I just know him as the Shermanator from American Pie. And he, what does he steal in that scene? Beer? Yeah, he's a bunch of stuff from just the freezer. I don't even know what it is. So then we transition to the party. Let's get this party started. And as they're walking in, they all have to throw their keys in a fishbowl, which I'm like, is this a key party? Right. Are we just, we're being safe? But I don't imagine high school kids thinking long-term about like people being safe and not driving home. It was very confusing to me why they were collecting car keys. Well, maybe they didn't want people to drive. Was that it? I I don't know. Oh, the klepto kid's name is Chris Owen. Thank you. You're welcome. So we enter this house and it's, again, just a giant lovely house with a pool house in back and a pool and an upstairs and a fancy room no one's allowed to go in. 
No one is allowed to go upstairs either. But they do go in the fancy room, don't they, eventually? Almost immediately they yeah. go into the fancy room. No one listens to the, the house rules. But nobody really goes upstairs. No, they with don't. With the exception of two people. And she has upstairs, like, taped off. Like, yeah. Well, she did. She had that section tied off, too. They just didn't mm-hmm. hear. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, there were so many people there. Yeah. You got to fit somewhere. Um, I, I could just imagine, like, being on that set, like, as an extra, it would is probably so much fun. Seth Green said, I, I watched an interview with him um, that was fairly recent, and he said that there were so many extras on the set and you just have to sit around all day. Like if you're sitting on a couch, you're there the entire time because of continuity, even though they're like shooting different scenes and stuff. And he said it was fun for the cast. If a, if a extra fell asleep, they would like saran wrap them to whatever they were like <laughs> sitting on so would wake up and they were just like tied to a chair or something so he said that was their fun while they were shooting these really long uh, scenes and working for really long hours. So we get introduced to the house and then we get introduced to the band setting up. Oh, uh, what was their name again? Love Burger. <laughs> and so I have to say in this scene, so obviously we see Breck and Meyer as the lead singer and he's wearing this princess um, I Prince the Esk. artist esque outfit um yes. and then the drummer is Donald Faison and my sister goes oh yeah isn't that the guy from Scrubs and I said hmm. yes that is Murray from Clueless mm-hmm. Scrubs he's, he's not Turk from Scrubs no that is that's not Murray reference. that's Murray yeah um and who else was in the, was there anybody else notable in the band I don't think so right um who was let me look it was two other guys but I don't think there were anybody name recognized right yeah and so they're they're setting up they're getting excited they have t-shirts one <laughs> of the guy puts the t-shirts on Brecken Myers is disgusted that he would ne- wear a shirt of the band he's in that Donald be sold <laughs> and then the drummer makes it worse but it's like, well, I'm gonna wear this hat. And he puts on a cowboy hat and then they just fight like literally the whole movie. They never play anything. No, they, they fight the whole time. And Breckenmeyer, like we said, was originally supposed to play Kenny. Uh, he had scheduling conflicts. So he took this smaller role and he eventually married one of the co-writers and co-directors of this movie. Yeah. And I mean, it. they didn't get to play any music in this movie but luckily Brecken, Donald Faison and Seth Green and the guy who plays the exchange student which his name is Alexander Martin they all get to play the band du jour and Josie and the Pussycats so I guess they made up for it later so we go through as the band is fighting you see William and his friends sneaking into the pool house to start their master plan of revenge and then we are introduced to uh, the friends of Mike Dexter, their girlfriends. Yeah, which Tamala Jones, who I love, if mm-hmm. you watch um, ABC, she's on that new show Rebel right now. She also used to be on that show with um, Castle. She used to be ca- mm-hmm. on Castle. Um, and then you have Jamie Presley, Presley, who I adore. I think she's fabulous. And her outfit out of all of the the entire wardrobe of this movie the best is amazing yeah a hundred percent um definitely better than whatever jennifer love hewitt was wearing she was (laughs) with a light blue cami and a dark blue pencil skirt yeah it was basic can you be love it was underwhelming to say the least what is the other girl's name? I the other friend it's, with the blonde hair. I cannot remember. Oh, Jennifer Lyons is her real name. Yeah. Um, she has a like a memorable face, but I can't tell you what she's been in. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's one of those like Judy Greers that's in a lot of stuff, and you're just like, oh, yeah, a, a, char- a definite character actor for yeah. sure. 
Um, so you uh, meet them. Yeah. Yeah. And then Amanda walks in with the wind, Beyonce wind in her hair, looking <laughs> underwhelming at best. So basic. So basic. And she, she walks by Preston and he panics and walks straight into a wall, which I love <laughs> that scene and that dynamic where he's just so overtaken with being in the same room as Amanda that he just had, he panics at every like interaction with her. And then she meets her friends and like, mm-hmm. They're not her friends. Yeah, they don't like each other. You've no. been with these girls for four years. Four it's, years. It's like one of those things where all the boyfriends are friends, so we all have to be friends. But it seems like the three are, are actually, actually really friends. good friends. And then Amanda is just Mike's girlfriend, so we have to we yeah. have to hang out with her. They were awful. And but also she was awful. It, she really was. <laughs> Okay, so we're we're seeing the girls interact. The guys are still talking about their little, like we've got to break up with our girlfriends bit. And then what? Where are we? We going transition next? back to Kenny trying to look cool. Oh, and then, yo, Karini, baby, what's up? <laughs> and at this point, he interacts with like all these different characters one one girl like really takes it down when she calls him Chester the the cheetah Chester cheetah yeah cheetah um my sister was like oh I love this part he's <laughs> they're roasting him I love it and he deserves it and Clea Duvall makes a cameo and uh as one of the girls he kind of hits on yep uh Amber Benson mm-hmm. um she gives him the like beat it get out of here yep um Um, I did note two things mm -hmm. why the goggles (laughs) (laughs) okay if we're going to talk about so if Jamie Presley had like the the best outfit I would say Seth Green had the second best because I agree it was so insane I agree and you know why (laughs) I wrote um I dressed like Kenny (laughs) I had jinkos a wallet chain and an oversized bright jacket on almost every day. <laughs> oh my God, Jackie. <laughs> You're Kenny. Kenny. <laughs> Minus the goggles and like oh man. The persona that I was into like gangster rap. Yeah. I, I can't judge though. I wore overalls and a Winnie the Pooh sweatshirt every day. So <laughs> we've grown so much, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, he's he's like he's missing out left and right, left and right, until he finally he stumbles upon a conversation and a mm-hmm. situation. Well, did I skip too far? Because I think he goes and ha- he like sits in the kitchen and sulks for a little bit before he runs into his golden um, pot. Is that is that when he? Yeah, I guess that is when he's he's in the kitchen and he's like, "Oh, these two girls are scratching it out, trying <laughs> to figure out who's gonna knock the boots with me," <laughs> and then uh, they very quickly call him on his lies and bullshit or bullcorn as Preston's friend calls it. <laughs> oh <laughs> and then my God. He gets mad and he goes, why y'all got to waste my flavor? Damn. <laughs> and like, out. I'm telling you, I could perform this as like a one woman <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tragic to say the least so tragic (laughs) and then we get to we come back around to mike dexter's group him and his boys and he quickly realizes that his friends are not going to dump their girlfriends and do whatever he says and he's kind of calling them out on it and they're like well we got pearl jam tickets in august so we're not going to do anything because her dad got them for us 
And then he's like, y'all said that you were going to do this. And one of his friends is like, well, sometimes we say things we don't mean. <laughs> and in this part, his, the girlfriends are really giving them a good ass grind, like mm-hmm. pulling out some real good dance moves. So, yeah. So Jamie Presley and Tamala Jones are, are, are dancing while their boys are talking and they are grooving. <laughs> I feel like so much, so much stuff happened. A lot of the time while I was watching, I was really, when I rewatched, I really paid a lot of attention to the background. I was trying to see who I could see that may have potentially been famous, like what the extras were up to, (laughs) what they were doing. It's, there's so much to take in. And now that I've seen it so many times, I can really not even focus on the main characters and just look at all of the different things that are going on in the background we did not mention melissa joan hart who does not she's not even in the credits yeah, um breck and meyer doesn't get credited for this either and i guess they were considered cameos even though she had quite a few speaking lines yeah she did she um, was really annoying she did a great job <laughs> so she came in as like the gung-ho school spirit girl And her goal was to get every person to sign her yearbook next to their picture. (laughs) And so she's doing like the little chants and cheers and trying to get people to uh, sign her yearbook. And then at one point, someone just like pushes her and she flies out of the scene. And I love that part. (laughs) It was Mike. Mike did that. Mike pushed her out of the scene when he walked in. I love that. Um, so she actually didn't sign on to be a major part in the movie because she was filming the second season of Sabrina, the teenage witch. And this is actually her debut, um, movie, which I was, I was like, wait, it feels like it shouldn't be, but I guess it is. Yeah. Because she had done TV. I was really confused because I for sure thought the Sabrina, the teenage witch movie with Ryan Reynolds was her first movie, but that was made for TV. So I stand corrected. So this was her theatrical debut. The other thing was that she was, because she was filming both, she was trying to keep her energy level up. So she was like all about B12 vitamins and that was like her kick. And so she actually gave some to um, J-Love and was, well, actually trying to convince her like, oh, this will help give you some energy. And so Mm J-Love thought it was like drugs and was like, nah, man. And (laughs) she's like, no, no, it's, you know, it's really just vitamins. And so the both of them thought those two idiots thought they were getting high in the corner on B12 vitamins while, so they're doing this while Ethan Embry is fucking really high. Yeah. He, he (laughs) has gone on record saying he does not remove, remember shooting almost all of this movie, if not all of it, uh, because he was just in a marijuana cloud of happiness the whole time. My God. And to the point where the end scene where he has to kiss Jennifer Love Hewitt, she sent him a teddy bear with like a huge box of mints. And he said he was actually very appreciative because the mints helped with his cotton mouth. Oh my God. <laughs> Anyhow, let's talk about Jennifer Love Hewitt and her acting style. <laughs> Why she... <laughs> It Why was this breathy. I don't know. I anytime, found... anytime she responds to anyone, she breathes out and then responds. <laughs> I found her, like I'm glad this was an ensemble movie because, quite frankly, the two leads I wasn't rooting. I could not root for them. Not Ethan, but his character, and then. Maybe I would have been more enthusiastic about it if we could see all these wonderful things that he saw in Amanda. Mm-hmm. All I saw was like this whiny. Pop-tart. Yeah, first of all, I think the um, the amount of disrespect that really happened was when that bitch took a, a whole Pop-Tart with one bite in it and discarded it like so. Left it on the desk and then it fell on the floor. I was, I was heartbroken. <laughs> And it was a strawberry pop tart at I that. Mean, strawberry is not my favorite, Jackie. But any pop tart, yeah, no, a strawberry was just like a, a felony crime to me. 
so yeah that from that point on me and bitch were not okay yeah it's still like it's hard to watch that usually I fast forward to it through it but like (laughs) and cameo that we didn't talk about Mm -hmm. the teacher is Jan from Greece oh yeah Brescia 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 (laughs) (laughs) that is right she's in this getting back to Denise and Kenny so Denise Preston goes off on his journey to find Amanda and give her her the letter that he has written and rewritten for the past four years uh, proclaiming his love for her (laughs) and so Denise is left to her own devices at a party she didn't want to go to in the first place so Denise is sitting there minding her own goddamn business people are giving her a fucking hard time asking her if she went to the school and like taking bets and then someone has the audacity to throw a pot brownie and it hits Denise in the side of the head. She got chocolate frosting all over her head. Eric Balfour runs over and is like, I don't want to waste this shit. Licks her. And she's like, fuck this shit. I need to find a bathroom. Unbeknownst to her, Kenny has also tried to find a bathroom to get ready because he's he's found a willing participant. Who is the actress who plays Whitney in Bring It On? Yes. Which I was very excited for. Um, I'm trying to remember her name. And also Leslie Grossman. Grossman, who mm-hmm. we know from the show Popular um, and What I Like About You. Yes. Nicole Bilderback, who plays Whitney. Go. Yeah. And so Kenny gets permission to go upstairs to the bathroom upstairs he's in such a rush and so excited about the potential of losing his virginity that he does not hear the warning don't shut the door all the way the handle's broken no he hears the warning because he doesn't shut it all the way it's not oh, that's in, true yeah things go awry when this idiot tries to like put all his lotions together and he spills water on himself and he tries to blow dry himself and his chain <laughs> while it gets too hot and he burns himself. Right. While also deciding to to put the condom on prior to even starting to have sex. Not just one. He's going to put two because he doesn't uh. know where the girl's been. <laughs> and this was the first time I had been introduced to the term Jimmy hat. So he's doing all this, and then obviously here Denise comes needs Denise. to find a bathroom to clean herself up because she got pot brownie all over her face right. and Eric Balfour saliva, and so she goes upstairs. Kenny's practicing his moves while blow drying his crotchal region. <laughs> she panics as anyone would, and backs up into the door, which closes it, and then the handle comes off, and they are. St- now trapped in the bathroom together (laughs) um I did think that Denise was being a little prudish about when Kenny had to use the bathroom I was like dude it's not that big of a deal and if you have to pee you have to pee you can't just be like you need to hold it no it's not like I did think yeah and I did think like it was smart of her to just turn on the water so that she could drown it out if she was uncomfortable he turned around she turned around like What's the big deal? Right. Yeah. It was, I was like, okay. So while that's going on, Amanda is holed up in the fancy room and her cousin Ron walks in. Danielle, tell us about cousin Ron. He, he nasty. That's what that, yeah. Like (laughs) he's playing the concerned friend. He, they make it very clear they're cousins in the beginning of the conversation Mm -hmm. so amanda goes into her boring drill about oh this is why i dated mike for four years and now i've realized that he's just a dumb douchebag and Mm -hmm. i want more and you know her cousin's just like being the shoulder she can cry on and um ulterior motives right and then he feels somewhere in that conversation there's an opening and he tries to go to kiss her not tries he does kiss her Mm -hmm. and you kind of see her fighting him off like it looks like she's pulling his hair because my sister's like why doesn't she push him off Mm -hmm. and of course at this point 
um, here comes Preston and sees this whole interaction go down. And she finally and just thinks she's making out with some new dude. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And just like that, she finally gets to push him off and she's just like, what the hell is your problem? And also we're like cousins. He tries to clarify by marriage. Second cousin, cousins by marriage. Super creepy. Nonetheless. Yes. Cousin Ron. Trash. Douchebag. Yeah. We can't forget that before that even happened, Preston was sitting on the couch and he he finally got the opportunity to, to, again, another opportunity to talk to Amanda and he is rudely interrupted <laughs> by by his pal. Oh man, what was I that don't even let me name? see if I can find his name. Well, he's one of those guys who definitely has zero filter and pretty and is much very nostalgic about everything. Every single thing. So he's pretty much embarrassing the hell out of Preston in front of Amanda. They just call him reminiscing guy. Oh, okay. Well, reminiscent guy really embarrasses the hell out of Preston. So that all happens before the mm-hmm. cousin scene. Let's go back to, did we, we, I think it's time for wonderful nerdy kid who's getting drunk in the kitchen and his oh, whole, yes. yeah. Essentially the plan is I'm going to get Mike Dexter drunk, lure him out here. We're going to, with a friend and we are going to make them pass out with chloroform that and they then, made in chemist chem lab. <laughs> yep. And then they're going to set them up as to, as so they had like a romantic homosexual tryst <laughs> in the pool house. That, is, that sounds very nicely put. <sighs> it's not a great plan. And so William is like, I have this card because I have to drink and play the part but I'll know exactly how many drinks I can have per hour so that I don't get drunk and have my wherewithal to be able to execute this plan. I thought while I was watching that scene, Jackie and I need to make a no more late fees, like drunk card, like to show you how yes. drunk you are. So like we'll it. have to work on that. Yeah. So his poor friends are stuck on the roof of the pool house all night. <laughs> they're 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 talking about x files they're talking about how they're playing with the retainer because they got nothing else to be doing they talk about one's girlfriend christy turlington who <laughs> couldn't make it because she's shooting a, a fashion spread they do the luke skywalker um darth vader scene yes and lose their flashlights so now they have no flashlights on the roof yep um, and so while this is happening, William is inside trying to buddy up with Mike Dexter and he quickly gets peer pressured into drinking too much too quickly and now is hammered. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how peer pressured is the right word. Like they literally give him one beer and he likes, first of all, if I had spit out beer onto somebody, if somebody spit beer into my face, I would have like punched the shit out of them. Yeah. Um, obviously his inexperience of drinking got him looser than he thought he was going to get real fast and he becomes well, very confident and, and he drinks the beer and then he starts doing shots yeah so yeah. he is wasted the band has fought and broken yeah. up and so some guy walks in with a boom box and is like i got this and starts playing paradise city let me and just so- let me Go just ahead. say that Paradise City is my go-to karaoke song because of this movie. Continue. I mean, it's not it's not a bad choice. It's an it's a hard ass song. I'm sure it is. It's so and hard. it's lots of screaming. Yeah. Luckily I do it very wasted. So it works. <laughs> uh, Danielle, do you remember what my go-to karaoke song is? <laughs> um, hold on. Hold on. Is it it's is it one of our songs? No. Oh God! Is it a Hanson song? No, I I do rock a umbop, but not. Oh, that's not my I first song of the I, night. Then I don't know. Let me know what is. <laughs> Gangsters Paradise by Julio. <gasps> <laughs> I feel like I knew that, but I just said no. We're gonna locked it out of your memory. <laughs> 
ladies and gentlemen, I did not teach you that one. It's my jam. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, man. So he hears this song being played by that football student. And I guess it's because he used to tutor him that it like, he's like, I know that song. And it gets in the juice. The juice gets in him and he's ready. He's ready to hit the stage. Yep. And all the girls are fawning all over him, which I mean, makes no sense. A drunk dude singing Paradise City as Paradise City does not a love interest make. <laughs> well, they all to to their credit, they were also extremely wasted. And I feel like they were underclassmen too. I don't know if they were seniors. Maybe. Um, and it's funny because one of the girls is played by Marisol, who plays one of the um, Veronica's mom on that show, Riverdale now. Oh. Yeah. After Cousin Ron and after Paradise City, Preston, because he sees Cousin Ron making out with Amanda and incorrectly assumes that she's just found a new dude to uh, make out with, Preston gets all emo and <laughs> out of the house throws his letter in the garbage and goes for a drive he has to get away he has to clear his head someone something happens and the letter is knocked out of the garbage and then like this scene where like the letter it gets, gets onto stuck. the shoe of that yeah person. like this girl steps in gum and so then her shoe's sticky and she's walking with the letter stuck to her shoe she realizes it pulls it off then like a keg rolls over it so it's stuck to the keg to get into the house and then a hockey player hits it and it lands right in front of Amanda so inadvertently Amanda now has her letter from Preston she doesn't know who the fuck Preston is but she has this I guess amazing love letter that like tells her all the right things gives her (laughs) makes her feel all the right things in her jellies oh and so she goes to seek out who Who he is is. and she runs into um sarah rue's character who like cusses her out like she's like this kid has sat next to you and chemistry or english and you don't pay attention to anything and you're a sheep and all this other stuff so i was very happy for that scene (laughs) (laughs) the reason that that letter got taken out of the trash is because melissa joan hart's character was looking for her yearbook that had been thrown away yes memories frozen in time people (laughs) so yeah she reads the love letter she has found the second coming of boyfriend jesus and she is ready to find him and um i think at this time she uh runs into mike which he had his own personal journey because um, his guy friends are not leaving their girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, he decides to go outside and say, you know what? I'm a class act. I need to find, I could get any other chick. Um, he, he finds Selma Blair. Yeah. She says no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if Amanda kind of tells him off first before, like he goes to at no. He goes yeah, outside no, no, first. first. Yeah. He goes yeah. outside first. He meets Sel- Selma Blair's another cameo. Um, and then, and another girl is there and like, he pretty much is like, Hey, you want to get some of this? They're like, no, we you heard call that. You call... Yeah. <laughs> and then they leave. And then here comes the old senior um, college guy who's trying to relive his high school days because the college girls don't want him. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, here comes Jerry O'Connell. I love him. Yeah. So cute. So he shows up and he's like pretty much telling Mike he should have never dumped his girlfriend when he went to college. And, you know, all the girls in college are smart and they don't want to deal with him. And he's also the bottom of the barrel now, mm-hmm. you know, bottom of the totem he pole. He calls Amanda a prized piece. Oh, God. Which is so fucking classy. So good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then the light bulb goes off in uh, Mike's head and he's like, gotta get her back. So Mm. after she's been accosted by her freaking cousin, here comes our loser ex-boyfriend saying like, yeah, you know, I'm thinking I'll take you back. And she's like, yeah, I'm thinking no. And then what happens? His toxic masculinity gets Mm -hmm. charged into overdrive and he tells her to pretty much 
like no one wants you right and she's like well according to this letter someone somebody wants me. does yeah so i'm gonna go find him and you can fuck right off and then for some reason all of a sudden that makes every single dude there think they can take their shot and they're on her like white on rice and Ugh. You know, in this time frame, Preston goes and has his journey. And this scene in particular made me so mad. Why? He, he goes, so he goes to the payphone. He's trying to call the radio station because on the radio, again, that damn Mandy song is on again. Or no, more Barry Manilow songs are on. Mm-hmm. And he's got to find out if Barry Manilow wrote this song for the dog or not. And yes. there's no Google. So he's got to go call the radio station and call in. And as he's trying to do this, here comes a stripper. And she just thinks that she has the right to yes. hang up this boy no matter how dumb it is he was at the payphone first he put the money in already it's not like yep. before he was connected to barry he right. was getting ready to ask his very important to him question and she does the most assholish karen-esque thing ever yes and, and hangs up so number one she says all the other payphones are broken bitch you didn't try any other payphones how you know Right. How do you know that these payphones are broken? Number two, you're not in any danger. You're literally in a deserted parking lot with one other person who's on the phone with Barry Manilow. He's not going to attack you. And her justification is, I just need to call a cab real quick and then you can have the phone. Yeah, your problems no, are not important. Yeah. Wait your fucking turn. I, like, after that, I, like, did not even want to see the scene after where she tries to give advice and her stupid Scott Baio's, like, advice or whatever. I just was so aggravated by that that I was just, like, I was ready for the next scene. Yep. And the fact that he didn't do anything about it. Yeah, she gives this, like, empowering, you need to go for it, you never know what could happen. So he, he starts to head back to the party after that. Right. You're not talking to Barry, which puts him in a head on collision with, you know, Amanda being attacked pretty much by all these guys trying to hit on her and Mm -hmm. who she doesn't know and her trying to find Preston and Preston saying out of all the things he tells her, I love you. And And, and she thinks it's just another come on. Right. I'm a random guy. She tells him off. Um. She tells him, why don't you go get yourself a goddamn life, asshole? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all I was thinking the whole time was that that dumb bitch has her yearbook. You've seen her ask everyone to sign it. Why mm-hmm. not ask for it so you could have seen what this boy looked like before you went through all this? Well, she does. After yeah. she, she, gets she gets home. Yeah. Because Melissa Joan Hart approaches her soon thereafter and is like sign my yearbook and she flips to see what Preston looks like and then realizes the error of her ways whatever (laughs) so that shit's happening then these two upstairs locked in the bathroom start reminiscing oh 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 oh, oh. they're reminiscing they're singing and KOTB uh talking about how they used to be best friends. You get backstory of their history and why they're, they have so much animosity towards one another. And it was, Kenny wanted to be cool. And Denise was just Denise. And he decided like, he if I make to- fun of her, then they'll want to be with me. Yeah. Exactly. Then they kiss and mm-hmm. then they have sex and then and they bone. Yeah. And then it's bad. And then, yeah. Of course, uh, it is implied that Kenny does not last very long. <laughs> <laughs> he was a virgin. And yeah, I mean, Denise doesn't say anything. She's not trying to hurt his feelings. Mm. She was actually thought she was trying to not hurt his feeling. But here comes some toxic masculinity. But yeah. he then turns it around on her, makes it seem like maybe it's her. And so now they're back at each other's throats again. Yep. Um, and it's about that time everyone is kind of like over Mike Dexter. And so Mike starts bonding with William and they're having a heartfelt conversation whilst 
I'll make love to you by boys to men plays. Right. Thought was a very lovely touch. Yeah. I said to my (laughs) sister, I'm like, do you hear that? (laughs) And it's about this time that the party is getting busted up. Yeah. Popo finally shows up hours later. It's after 2 a.m. because Preston's calling Barry Manilow at 2 a.m. Yeah. So yeah, everyone starts running hiding in bushes jamie presley is abandoned because she's passed out on a couch (laughs) mike and william run out the back and mike's like let's go hide in the pool house william's like yeah that's a great idea and then realizes oh wait that's not a great idea right his ride or die friends are ready jump on them chloroform execute (laughs) the plan perfectly and so mike and william end up being arrested and there are Polaroids taken of them by the friends as well. In that scene, they shot everything. And then the directors told them, okay, you have one hour to trash this house. So all of the extras and actors got to trash the house for the end scene. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Like a really fun experience to have probably is like, <laughs> now we just get to like, draw on paintings like do whatever the fuck we want to this house because it's going to be like the the last shot of the house party kenny and denise don't know that the police have shown up because they're still stuck in the bathroom they're back to hating each other uh the police walk in and they're like you got you got to go and then the host of the party walks in and she has had a night (laughs) her hair is everywhere her dress is like ripped and stained. They're like, the door's fucking broken. And she's like, yeah, the, it's fucking broken. I told you about it. GTFO throws Kenny's backpack of shit and is like, <laughs> Get let out. me help you. Get out. Yeah. And so Denise is walking home because Preston was her ride. He's no longer there. Kenny has his his huge ass monster truck. Was it a Denali or an um expedition it was some giant suv that when he gets out of he jumps two feet down (laughs) to reach the ground and so he's kind of following denise in the parking lot trying to tell her like i'll give you a ride home she's not having any of it because they had been fighting the whole time and finally he apologizes he doesn't say what he's sorry for which not great not a great apology they're not they're not written in the stars at this point so after that scene you know she gets convinced she goes in his car he takes her home Mm -hmm. and then um we fast forward to the next day and mike and william are in jail and they're uh, william is bailed out by his parents and he's freaking Mm -hmm. out because he doesn't want to get in trouble and then the police tell him that mike pretty much forced him to drink yeah blacked out yeah um and so everyone's at the diner afterwards Mm -hmm. william decides to go thank mike and of course mike does nothing but revert back to his normal dickhead self Mm -hmm. and so william's like you know what that's the fuel i needed yeah and we find out at this point that he's going to be rich as hell marry a model and kiss that town to the dust yeah mike ends up working at a car wash or something and then he's fired because incriminating (laughs) polaroid surface and then denise meets up with preston in the parking lot say their goodbyes and Mm -hmm. he's pretty much given up on amanda and he's going for the summer program in new york and he's out so they say their goodbyes and she goes inside and he obviously rightfully so makes fun of her for her new boyfriend yeah (laughs) um so she goes in they have awkward moments her and uh, kenny and then they it obviously shows that they get back together for a short bit and have sex in the bathroom that seems to be their place (laughs) i love that in that scene that's where you see the the kid stealing the damn gumball machine yeah out of all the night before you see him stealing a cop car 
Yes. <laughs> the next morning, he steals a gumball machine. It's like, how? How is this possible? Um, and then we fast forward to Preston at the train station, mm-hmm. and here comes, um, here comes Amanda. Amanda to uh, their exchange in this scene was super weird to me because like again I don't they don't know each other and she doesn't say like she says she got the letter but she doesn't say I feel the same way or Mm -hmm. I really like I want to get to know you yeah nothing she just says oh I got you're leaving I got your letter oh you're going okay no it's (laughs) (laughs) sorry I I thought it was my letter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I'm not believing. I'm not invested in this couple at all, but apparently they have the happiest of endings. Um, Question. Yeah. How many fucking extensions were in her hair? And what was that hairdo? Yes, I was telling... I was, I was looking at that and I said to my sister, I was like, at least that looks better than whatever the other thing was, but it's still bad. Like you could see like the rows of extensions <sighs> in her head. It was not, was not a cool thing job. was not great. <laughs> and it, they had a budget. They had a yeah. budget. So I don't, I don't know what happened there. So one thing that we didn't talk about, obviously they were drinking, but the studio had a huge problem with the underage drinking. Mm-hmm. And there's, I, you know where the budget went? A lot of the budget went to CGIing out certain scenes with the actual alcohol. Like one of the kegs was CGI'd out. Mm-hmm. The shots were changed because they well, didn't they want cut- the drinking. They cut all Jason Siegel scenes because he talks about like in the, initial trailers you see him walk in with an, a watermelon all proud and he's like I filled this with vodka at the beginning of the school year <laughs> and we're Ew. like gonna we're, we're gonna rage and we're gonna eat this watermelon infused with vodka and then he accidentally drops it and that's why he's just holding pieces of watermelon is because he's actually getting drunk because he's eating all of the watermelon that has vodka first of all logistically i don't even think that's possible for watermelon to last for like that long yeah and not be stale but yeah we totally forgot about jason siegel siegel anyway that is can't hardly wait what is your current day rating of this movie, Danielle? Uh, let's see. It's definitely not like on constant replay for me like it used to be, but because it's just so nostalgic, I can't I can't separate the two at this point. But adult me is not like feeling it as much as Y2K me was. What about you? I would buy it. <laughs> Let me just say that in the beginning when I gave my initial rating and then when I said that I didn't like Preston, I know my Jackie looks and the look I got was, betch, don't let me come retch around that corner and yoke your ass up. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I just, I, there are problematic scenes I agree. They were problematic back when we were in high school. It was nothing that like didn't age well. It's always been problematic. (laughs) And I think aside from not liking Jenna Elfman's character as the angel stripper hanging up on Preston, because that's his hard-earned money you're wasting, I have the same feelings about it now that I had about it then. And (laughs) I have gone to Alamo Draft House and done a Can't Hardly Wait watch party and quote along. And I will continue to do so because I love this movie. <laughs> I, I do want to say that I did appreciate that there was quite a bit of diversity in this movie and yes. not in the main characters, but like there was a, there was a good amount. If I compare it to a lot of the other team movies that we saw, you know, mm-hmm. So I appreciated that. But also, I forgot that those two other wiggers actually had the nerve to say the word nigger in that movie. And I was like, yes. 
I didn't want to see the scene where they get run off. I wanted their ass to be beat. Yes. <laughs> they had it coming. Wow. I was like, that's Oof. that's some gall. But other than that, I mean, yes, like you said, it was problematic before. It's not as bad as some of the other things we've been watching. I just, I have come, I've become accustomed to some other movies that I just think are better now. Yeah. So that's fine. We're, I mean, look, I still like it a lot. And I'm it's still- Because if you had given it a two day, <laughs> this podcast would have ended at episode nine. <laughs> Bitch, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> You ain't going nowhere. Good, good try. It's still our movie. It's still one of our movies. So it holds a special place in my heart. So audience, you guys tell us what you think. Do you agree with our ratings? Uh, do you disagree? Hit us up on social. We're no more late fees on TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. I mean, pretty much everywhere. And just let us know how you feel, how you feel about the podcast. If you have questions. Um, there's a Q&A section on our TikTok account and um, let us know any recommendation movies that you want us to, to do following up. So we yeah. would love to hear from you guys and to all of our friends who've been sending us text messages and messages. We really appreciate it. We love the support. So it's been, it's been great. You have any shout outs this week, Jackie? Um, my cousin, Mark. Gave us a couple of suggestions for movies <laughs> that he is nostalgic about. And nice. uh, just, yeah, the outpouring of friends and family support and encouragement and getting us the those downloads. Well, I definitely want to shout out my friends, Nakia, Andrea, and Shatoya. They have all listened, especially Nakia, because I know she does not listen to the podcast and she listens to Half-Baked and she's like, she really enjoyed the episode. So I was like, oh that warmed my heart. So thanks. Thanks to you all. 